let's you know what let me just since it's like 18 of us let me lay out some uh some concerns get some feedback so um i know people got through the books um uh, rich did you finish yours i didn't get through rich dad but i'm almost done i'm almost done. Right, no worries See, and that's part of the um part of the discussion i wanted to have early um i know uh james i think he got through his right james thumbs up yeah and James, yeah, see, okay, so a couple of things. I want I want to read four to five books a month. I want that to be our, our thing, okay? Because um, I feel like we can get through it. I get up at four in the morning when my son wakes me up or, or just because I can't sleep and I'll listen to five, six hours of an audio book and I might finish one. Like I finished one yesterday morning, so that was my fourth book. I'm working on my fifth one now. Um, but I, I also I also said, let, you know what, let's kind of make this a competition almost. What I mean is, let's see how many books we can get through in a year and how much we can increase our income and get smarter along the way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, right. You think think like this. We're sharper if 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 we're not operating on if we only operate on what we know we're going to lose. New thoughts is what we need. Old thoughts will keep us backwards. So I figure, you know what? I don't know everything, and I'm sure everybody in here is along the same lines. So it'd be it'd be kind of cool if we set some goals. So the first goal, if we do four books a month, that's 208 books in a year. Yeah. If we do five books, that's 260. What would it feel like to finish 260 books? <laughs> that would be awesome. So I figure, you know, everything's a competition with me. So I figure, you know, that'd be kind of cool. So then I had to say, okay, how do I get my folks to get through these books without feeling so stressed out about putting in time to listen to books when they don't have time? So I said, okay, good. Let's give them the hours. So I'm going to give you the books that I'm, I'm looking at for this next 30 day run. And then I'm going to tell you the hours and I'll tell you what the breakdown is. So the first book is the four agreements who's read that book the four agreements okay the four agreements is a great book i i finished it in about two and a half hours because <laughs> that's all it took it's two hours in the morning and change right so i give you some short ones and some long ones all right so <clears throat> that book is just going to unplug you and plug you back in here's what i mean it's going to say okay what if what you learned all of what you learned was wrong what if what you learned stopped you from learning and getting a, a worldview of your own what if the old view that you had was given and passed down which stopped you from growing it's going to challenge that mindset and i thought that was kind of good to rework us if we're going to go to where we need to go we kind of got to rip the cap off of where we are now um, yeah, we take you to the matrix, bro. Well, you know I am. Come on, bro. Did I, I had it. I put you in the matrix already. I want the green pill. Come on. Yes, sir. All day, twice on Sunday. Okay. So the richest man in Babylon. My man Rich has it right in back of him. Right, right there in the corner. Richest man in Babylon. Dope. That's going to teach you to pay yourself first. That's going to get your mind right. Always pay yourself first. So richest man in Babylon, and that's four hours and 52 minutes. 
four hours and 52 minutes. Now, I started on this one. I just started like this morning. Um, don't really know the content, but someone recommended it to me. And I said, you know what, 10X by Grant Cardone, I'll give it a shot, right? So, you know, we're all about 10Xing and getting to the next level. So I said, why not? I can use some, I can take advice from a millionaire. So who's that's the, what I was going to do. Who's the author? Uh, Grant Cardone. And, and, and George Klassen, obviously, you know, is richest man in Babylon. Who's the uh, author on the four agreements? Hold on. Let me get back to you and get to the, I'm going to go down and, and get right back to you. You're going to post all this, right? Yeah, I'm gonna post it in the group. In the, in the, in the um, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that'll save me some time. I'm gonna post it in the in the book club. And for you guys who are not in the book club, I'm going to post it on the page immediately once we're done, so you can join the book club. It's real simple. And um, what we got? We got one up on Wall Street. I want to get to those three books. I always tell people to read. All right, so one up on Wall Street is two hours and eleven minutes by Peter Lynch. Got a full house. Great. 22 people. 23. Awesome. And then I think this is a really awesome book to kind of finish with. Elon Musk, the biography. Autobiography. I think um, going where we're going, he's, he, this dude is a genius. And I think it needs to be read. I read it. I finished it. Um, and it's 13 hours and 23 minutes. There were so, two of them because I was looking for it yesterday. Which it has this picture one? on them. I'll post it in okay. the group. Okay. Um, and then it's 13 hours and 23 minutes. So total hours spend is 29 hours and 41 minutes. So if you do the math, if you did it over 30 days, it's an hour and a half each day, 45 minutes to work, 45 minutes home, or, or 45 minutes in the morning. 45 minutes at night. You are what you read, guys. You are what you read. You will find that when you have an understanding that's outside of your own understanding, um, it's going to open you up to, to the possibilities of what it is. Um, in my company that I, that I was really active with before this, we read all the time, but it was always leadership books. And that opened me up to another level, right? But you gotta you gotta also rotate the globe, and I think these books make sense. So um, I'm gonna start with uh, crushing it. Who had a chance to go through crushing it? Okay, so I finished so, it, but I did. Okay. I read all of it. I love crushing it. It was great. So okay, so my my question to you is: in give me for everyone that read it and finished it, give me your your um your hot button in that book that kind of elevated you to a different thought process and what was the thought process let's go there well, maybe pick somebody i'm not doing all the talking okay. tonight i'll go go ahead James. i was trying to get somebody else a chance uh, <laughs> I man you. i mean this book was motivating that's how this is i mean like <clears throat> put it this way i went and started a facebook page and I started my stuff up already. I got 100 members in my group already in the first week. I mean, it just got me. Why sit here and wait for it? Start now. I mean, literally, you I put my, you my help tape. You know, it was just, it was crazy. And then it, it, it actually kind of taken off. So I'm like, and then we also started looking at things with my wife, uh, my wife and my little girls doing uh, cooking stuff. 
you know, introductions to how to cook for teach a kid how to cook meals and everything else. We're going to do a page for them. My little girl's going to get a YouTube channel now because she loves doing funny stuff and everything else. And it's like, I got the other two working on what they're going to do. Uh, so it's like, man, this, that book just got me. It's like, wow, really? It's that easy? That easy. And I know it's not easy, but it's no, that no, easy it, to start. It is, it's, it's not it's easy. It's that easy simple. to start. It's simple. No, that's it. The thing is, you got to stick with it and do it. You got to put the time in. You got to kind of focus. The problem is, we sit around and we don't do nothing. We talk about why not to do it. And, you know, and it, it, your boy just says it, and everything he talks about, every person that he put on there. I love the one with the guy, uh, Phil Harris, I think it was his name, the architect that, uh, that started his own page and stuff. And he was taking the test and he got fired in 2007 you know, in the, in the crash and stuff. And he had taken a test to get certifications to, to specialize in his architecture. And then he lost his job. Well, he had put together a website for uh, the test to help him study and stuff. So he started marketing in that. And he said overnight, he just put it up there and like, this will never work. And then all of a sudden he got a $19 book sold. And then uh, the next day he got another one. He's like, I'm not ding, even ding, doing ding, anything. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. It's like, this, that's the key. It's, this isn't a job. This is, you know what I'm saying? And that's what you're looking for, for residual income coming from somewhere else. You want something that you don't have to do anything but go on a, two or three hours, manage it, make sure it's happening, and then you can move on. It's making money for you on its own. That's the, that's the things that, that really drove at me, all of this stuff he talked about. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a commitment. The other thing I thought that was really cool is, is don't try to make it happen. It's, it seems like everything he talked about, don't try to make it set up and, you know, make it perfect. Just document Just what do you're it. doing. People want to see the real thing. Dude, they want to see the authenticity. You know, what he talked about is his eight essentials. You know, and, and I'm sorry, I'm looking at my notes because I got notes. It drove I got me wild, too, but I, this is what I wanted, so I'm here for it. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? And he, and he talked about, <laughs> you know, the, the, the things that you needed to do. Let me see where I'm at now. Oh, yeah, like get pumped. Well, I got that. That's the first thing he talked about was getting pumped. I'm pumped. And it got me, I mean, through the roof pumped. And, you know, uh, what matters to you? That's do the things that are important to you. I deal with food. That's what I am. So that's what we started with. I'm doing reviews on the different great things in our little area and kind of getting people interested. I live out in the country now. I'm from New Orleans, man. So much culture in New Orleans. Now I live in Pineville, Louisiana, and Booney. And, like, there ain't much out here. So finding that little gym, it means something. And everywhere you go, people say the same. There ain't no food out here. There ain't nothing to eat here. There ain't nothing doing here. So when I find something, it's good to share it. It's easy to share it. Everybody kind of wants the same thing with us. Uh, I got four kids. So having four kids, we got to find stuff to do. My kids want to do something. Each one has a different personality. Each one has a different thing. Having one place for all of that to be found, especially for out here. In New Orleans, they got 300 of those. You know, they got every kind of website, every kind of page that you want to find what to do. Out here, there's nothing like that. So we're kind of pushing toward those things, and it, it, it's got it. Obviously, you can see I got passion, and that's one of his other keys. Um, yeah. Patience, I got to learn patience. That's probably my hardest factor, even with, with everything else. You're not alone. Uh, oh, I know. I just want to, have it, want to have that instant gratification. You know how, you know how that is. Um, he talks about if, speed. If you, you know, if you tune it down and you and you understand it, that if patience is something you need to have, you're gonna you're gonna put that in there. Now, no, Rome wasn't built in a night, you know, in a day, so it just it makes sense. No, but I I like the fact that it like 
especially you, right? Because I've we've gotten the chance to see each other and, and kind of get to know each other, even though it's virtual, personalities come through. And it's been the last couple of months, right? And so to see you excited about it, this is what it did for me. Like I remember oh, reading oh. the first book that changed my mind. And, and that's what it did. And then what happens is you start reaching out to assets. So he talked about, um, this is gonna be really good. He talked about social media and using social media and the platform. Well, there's a new app that my buddy called me up about last week called Clubhouse. Have you heard of it yet? No. Okay, so Clubhouse is the truth. Why? Because you could be in a room talking to someone that has, you have no reach and, and you can talk to them, right? It's, it's really a crazy app, but you can only be invited to it because it's through a beta. Uh, it's, it's in beta right now. And then you can go through all the rooms. So it's really small as far as community, but you get a lot of people talking about social media, how to build business, marketing, that type of thing. And it, it works itself out. But once you start to put out those tentacles mentally, things start to come to you. And I was saying to you earlier um, that I'll give you the ideas of how I grew my page to help you grow yours. It's, it's that simple, right? Who else has something to offer when it comes down to crushing it? Thank you, brother. That was awesome. Um, Great. Um, my take, honestly, was it was more validating um, for the fact that people go to work every day and they hate their job or they spend all these hours doing doing work that they that they're not passionate about. Um, and for him, when he talked about being passionate about uh, the work that you do, it just re it resonated with me fully. Um, and it took what I do on a daily basis and kind of made me open my open my eyes to other things that were kind of in the back of my mind, like, oh, I, I wanted to do a podcast or oh, I wanted to do the do some coaching tutorials, um, some certain things that that I know that are in my wheelhouse that I feel like I may not be an expert expert, but I know what I know. Um, mm -hmm. and I, and I so feel like what I, right. And I feel like what I know can be beneficial for someone. Um, and, and the fact that I don't have to get paid to do it just to start it, uh, makes it even more intriguing, honestly, um, because it should be doing something that, cause I want to give back. Um, everything I do professionally is about giving back. So, mm -hmm if i continue to do that and I'm able to just do what I do and it, it, it end up becoming something uh, monetary for, for me and my family wouldn't well, dope. Dope. So that, that's kind of where it got me. It was validating. And then it kind of, it just really opened my eyes to other things that I could possibly do to, you know, expand my, my brand. You know, it's a funny, um, it's like, that's how this whole movement, I could call it now, started. You know, it started from me just sharing information on Facebook and my validation for the, the potency of the information came from my friends. Those are the ones who made me do it because it's like, Kev, this is too good. You're doing extremely well and you're willing to share it. So how about you just create the platform? And that wasn't, I didn't think of it, okay, I'm gonna do this to make money. You know, I was thinking this would be kind of cool for, 
you know, James and you and everybody took it to the next level to teach their family, you know, because to me, it was like my son was born and it changed my whole world. I was at like in this whole like shift, like my whole body shifted to a mind frame of there's nothing important anymore except for making sure that that generation that he when he touched down, everything that happens after him is if nothing bad ever happened in the past. And my mind had to had to go there. I don't want him to know. He's gonna know about my struggles because it's written, it's documented. But I don't want him to go through it. But I want him to earn it, you know. But at the same token, I wanted it to be like, okay, if I put him through the test, he had to pass the test. But he already had what he needed to succeed. So that whole thing started this whole movement. So you never know what that happens. Like when James, how that happens? How when James was saying about. The gentleman that you know, the architect that got fired that took the test, da da da. Like I have a very sick way of passing the series seven in any test that I ever took, and I know I could sell it. I just don't have time for it, right? Because I got ninety eight on this test, eighty eight, da da da, ninety. I've always passed tests with a formula, and everything is always formulaic. What crushing it did was it allowed you to take your own assets and visualize it as a platform, if that makes sense. Build a brand, right? So I encourage everybody, think about that. Think about what your brand is because it's unnatural for you to give half of your life away to someone who's not gonna give you the money that your life is worth to live a life. It's unnatural. It's really unnatural. There's no amount of money that anyone can pay me to take a check. Like never, like not to work for them. No, I don't care what it is. I'd rather be broke, right? But because I'm so passionate about what I do and that's what he speaks of in his book is about passion. Because I'm so passionate, it came through and because I'm sincere and you gotta be good at what you do. That's the other part. Because if you're not good, it doesn't matter how much passion you have, your, your genuine article has to be there. That's, that's your, you are your intellectual property. Right. So you got to have some passion there. Um, Tanya, did you want to say something? Because I know you said you really enjoyed the book. Yeah, I did. Um, I really enjoyed it. I probably my favorite part of the book. Um, I actually like to hear other people's stories um, and how they succeeded and how they started, because that's like real life to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I really, really enjoyed that. And probably my favorite part was listening um, and learning about how to use social media. That was really cool because he took a lot of time with each area of he social smiling, media. Right? So, yeah. I, you know I, why I was saying, know why I'm smiling though? Let me interrupt you one second. Oh no, because, go ahead. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. When I asked you that question two, two three weeks or four weeks ago, I was trying to get you hooked on you instead of thinking about everybody else. See, everybody likes to say, America is becoming socialistic. No, the people in America is becoming socialistic. They want to just give away all their time and all of the things and keep giving it away until there's nothing for them. Listen, I can't give you my legs. I'll be rolling around on my hips, right? So it's important that you take care of yourself and then you can build somebody else because you got the heart to do it, but you got to be solid first. Once you solidify yourself, then you can have fun doing it, 
right? And if you still have, and if you're young enough to still have the wherewithal, the, the air in your lungs to do what you need to do every day, that's a blessing. So use it. Don't discount it. You only got a certain amount of time, man or woman hours left on earth. So you might as well use them effectively. Don't sit around being lazy. Why? Because you'll regret it when you can't move later. You'll regret it. So the whole key is to move now so you can create something where if you want to move later the way you want to move, you got the clear lane. You can go all the way in. Does anyone want to share um, anything else about crushing it before we move on to uh, learn to earn? Go ahead, James. I do. Go ahead. Uh, oh, my, my wife gets president, James. I'm sorry. Go ahead, miss. Was that you, Whitney? Yes, me. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Um, my takeaway was to start. No matter where you are, just to start. Because a lot of the people I found um, didn't have ne had never dabbled in social media. They didn't know what they were doing, but they did it. And they didn't know what to expect. But um, when it did pop off, they crossed that bridge once they got to the point where they wanted to be. So the idea is just to start and it won't be perfect, but when it gets to the point where you're successful, just cross that bridge once you get there. Figure out what to do um, when you get there, once, is, once you reach that goal. So just great start point. where you are. That's a great point. Cause you're right. Cause that's part of um, a lot of folks problem is that they stare so much at the equation that they paralyze themselves by overanalyzing that they don't start. Uh, and then they try to do too much. I'm gonna tell you something really quick and I'm gonna move to you, James. Thank you, hon. Here's the reality. I remember when my wife said to me, listen, let's do a, a, a time capsule. We both came up with the idea for KJ. You know, he's like three, four months old. And I go and buy $5,000 worth of equipment like a retard because I think I'm gonna do everything professional, right? And I could tell you that maybe $2,000 of that equipment is in a closet somewhere. The other part is camera and a couple of lights and then a computer. It didn't even make any sense. So don't try to borrow yourself down with expenses. Just start. If all you got is your cell phone, use your cell phone. The, the actual, um, the program that we use is Adobe Premiere. It's $59 a month. And yeah, they can have my $59 a month. Why? Because I get so much value from it. Right now, I do use two different uh, editing suites, but I had to come up with that one just for different things, but it, it just made sense. And when she said, just start, it's just, don't let, I translate it. Don't let the step four, five, and six weigh you down before you get to step one. What are you going to say, James? Um, uh, just for you. Oh, no. Okay. I'll come back to you, James. I'm talking about love it. Go ahead, James. Uh, real quick. Um, all the comments, all the feedback definitely was great and definitely on point. Um, two things. One was evolution um, from the time Gary Vee wrote the book to the time that he had to do his audio presentation for it. He was able to take stuff that he had already written and interject, you know, up to date information on how he felt about certain points in the book. That was really big because it also teaches you no matter how well you may have perfected something, you can always go back and evolve with that. Um, second point was brainstorming, um, just hearing everybody's um, testimonies about where they've been, where they, um, and how they came into their own. 
there were many uh, examples during the book that you were able to think about what they were doing, apply it to yourself in some way, and already have a game plan on what you're going to attack next. So that was it. No, that's awesome. Well, the um, what you said is is spot on. The I think that just knowing that ordinary people um, were able to do something that was so impactful and start from scratch, just doing something that they love. Because you know what the deal is, it's just the push through. The person who doesn't love it stops, right? The person that loves it keeps going until they figure out where they are next. And so like what my wife just said, it's like, just start. And when you get to the problem, handle it then. Cross the bridge when you come to it. Don't build a bridge that doesn't exist. So that that to me, it, it makes so much sense because this book I interjected into your psyche for a reason. So I'm going to let you know who you're dealing with now. I'm the type of person that if I think that I have a general idea for our mission as a community, I'm going to find a book that can lead you there. Why? Because I can't be the only one. My thought process is too limited. There's so much vast information, right? But if I put a book in front of you, yeah, I knew crushing it would get people excited to say, okay, I can be better than I am. Because how many times have you heard me say it? How many times have you heard me say, be more than you are? Go to the next level. Let's not think this way. Let's think that way. I can't say it, but so many ways. But when you read it and you identify with it, then you own it. Once you own it, no one can take that piece of real estate away from you. You understand? And that was the, the most important message. What was you going to say, James? Thank you, James. Love it for sharing. Go ahead, James. I was just agreeing with you. No biggie. Go to the next one. <laughs> Done deal. All right. Um, and, and the last thing is just build a community wherever you stand. Take your brand and build a community, whether it be um, social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever it is, the new whatever it is, build a community where you stand. Why? Because if you build it, you know the saying, they'll come, right? So learn to earn. We'll get through this one. We're going to spend most of the time on um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? And, and let me uh, give you the, um, the thought process on this. We're reading five books, but what I would rather see us do is the book that's voted the most impactful is the one we talk about. Does that make sense? Because you got to realize in an hour, how much can we really talk about when it comes down to three or four or five books? We'll be crashing and burning a little bit. And I think if we dissect one that had the most impact, I think that makes for a very interesting conversation. Does that make sense? Thumbs up. Okay, good job. All right, so learn to earn. Um, what were the key takeaways for learn to earn? Who wants to go first? Someone different. Well, they read the book. And if not, who wants to go first? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Evelyn. Oh, yeah, um, learn or earn. So I appreciated the book because it was a, it provided that step-by-step -step, um, novice basic um, idea and information on how to invest. Um, so I like the fact that it was very simple, um, not too technical, and um, and it 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 just kind of like it ironclads everything that you said from jump. 
So. Well, I give it to you guys for a reason because I know it's simple. It's baby food. Again, I need you to think a certain way. And if it becomes so difficult, you're going to stop right before you start. Yeah. And you can't do that. Life depends on it now. You know, it's like if I said to James, James, I'm going to stop the whole movement. It wouldn't matter if I stopped it. James would continue with what he knows right now. He'd try to get it done. He'd make his mistakes. But I know one thing, this is too important to him and his family for him not to do now. Does that make sense? Yeah. It just makes it easier to have someone like me here. So the book is like, um, it's amazing from a standpoint of its simplicity, but it makes the point. What was the thing that, what was your key takeaway? Um, my key takeaway was that, uh, my key takeaway was that uh, it, it, it changed my perception of, um, of thinking or my, my parents thinking that money is evil. It, 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 <laughs> so in, in a nutshell, it, it, it changed um, or opened up my mind on that money and being financially um, savvy is, is a good thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you are someone who is greedy. Um, I know he said something that was profound to me. Um, he said that stocks are very democratic. So if stocks are very democratic, that means that they're there for everyone. And in a society that we, that we live in and from previous, it's not thought of that way. And well, if we live in a capitalist society and we must know that. It's just that the ones who are the capitalists have made the people who are not in the know when it comes to money feel like money is bad. And you need money to exist. Money becomes a vice, a device, I should say. And so you need to be able to use it accordingly. It's just that people make money their God and that's when they lose it. So I always tell people, don't love things. If it don't breathe, don't love it, right? If it's, if it's human, you love it. But if it's not, and this is how you can separate that lust for things and understand and be objective and figure out, okay, this is what it is because I come from the inner city and I come from being poverty, be, being in poverty and all this other good stuff, but poverty is not me. <laughs> it's something I walk through. Yeah. So, but, but I also understand that books, this is why I'm telling, this is why this, this book club is such so fire because books lead you out of whatever storm you're in. And if you understand that you'll get there. So one of the, one of the, um, the key things that I, I teach a lot of things from his process. Peter Lynch is one of my heroes. Yeah. You notice that if you read the book, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of his points because they work. See, so you guys don't know Peter Lynch used to work for the Magellan Mutual Fund. He used to run it, I should say, work for Fidelity, right? And he averaged 29.9% for 13 years, turned $20 million into $13 billion in that time frame. I am in competition with him. So whenever you see me post my percentage gains, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. I'm trying to stay in competition. I figure if I put it out there, now I own it. I got to beat it. Everybody saw it, so I can't slow down. That's my mentality. And so Warren Buffett is another one of my heroes. He's averaged for the last 44 plus years, 20, a little bit over 20%, right? So when I, when I see that, I know it's not impossible to be great. 
You understand that? It's just not impossible. You just have to focus on it. So what you read helps you be, right? If you if you want to look at it from that stamp that standpoint, who has something else to offer on learn to earn? Well, I don't know if hey, this is relevant, but but um. Go ahead, Gina. Oh, I liked um, how it kind of taught you the history of money and how the whole monetary system evolved um, from from trading under walnut trees before there was a Wall Street or whatever. Um, because I know the history of money isn't something that have, has been taught or just money conversations aren't conversations that generally we have at our dinner table, but there are families that their family had those conversations in the 1700s that they have been translated down like their oral history is that history. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's why I think that there are some people who just kind of know how to work in it and we're just learning it. But um, it was really helpful for me. Um, and then I liked how he broke down a few of the more recent companies because it helps us to understand, you know, don't get panicky, but it's a really long view. It's a really long game. So now you once you choose a good company, yeah, once you choose a good company, it, it's going to be there. Like there are companies that are 200 years old that are still there. It's just the, the trick is knowing what company is the good company. Yeah, that has exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is harder than, than most think, Right. But that, that's, that was um, when I, when I first read Peter Lynch, his whole, whole mantra, you know, right. So this is why the first three books I give people is One Up on Wall Street, Learn to Earn, and Beating the Street. And, it, and it's, it's in the Learn to Earn, One Up on Street, One Up on Wall Street, and Beating the Street in that order, because each book gets a little bit more in depth. It's a little bit more in depth. And the history of the market is something that we'll do later, right? Why? Because you don't want to be barred down by percentages, numbers, and things that'll go through you like, huh? You want to wait till you understand what you're seeing, then it becomes more interesting. Then you'll be like, wow. So this time last year in this month, this week, based on the almanac, stock almanac, this happened. Oh, wow. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes similar. Now you start to understand touch points. Right now you can't do it because you don't have enough relative memory experience or information. So it doesn't make sense to rush up into the information. It makes sense to build a brick here, build a brick here, build a brick here, learn every book at this first floor of the library and go to the next. All right. So that's that was it. Who had something else to offer? I think someone had called my name before before we spoke, Jane. Who was that? That was me. Go ahead, Sharon. Hello, Sharon. Um, what I what I liked about the book was for me. It was like money and stocks for dummies. He really built you from the foundation right up to the roof. So it gave you an appreciation for what it is and what it is, what your objective should be in terms of the long view. And like the person who spoke before said, I liked how he brought it home with real life examples, looking at companies and breaking them out and explaining all the explaining what all the numbers mean when you're looking at the ticker symbols and what all these different 
halves and eighths and quarters and so on. I, I like that. So he really built it out. And a lot of what you were speaking about. So a lot mm -hmm. of what I read in the book reinforced that for me. But what I particularly liked about it, it was really simple. It was very simple language. It wasn't a lot of jargon, but it's easily understood. And I would so, recommend it to anybody else. So that, that was the to part get a start. I'm leading up to that now. So if you guys are new and you haven't read the book and you just joined the book club uh, conversation, this is happening every second uh, Wednesday of the month. Um, and the book that we're going over is Learn to Earn by Peter Lynch. The books that we read this month so you can catch up was Learn to Earn by Peter Lynch, um, Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk, and uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. So I'm going to add something to it, and then we're going to move on. Um, There's some points I pulled out of the book, all right, that I teach a lot of them all the time. And because I had the experience of being on Wall Street, it was really a cool experience. In fact, one of my buddies reached out to me, who was really one of my mentors today on Facebook. So I thought that was appropriate. It was really funny. But um, the thing that, I, that rings true is this is not taught in school. And it won't be taught in school. So you need to teach yourself so you can teach school at home. You really need to teach this to the people around you in your closest proximity. Number two, savings are non-existent if you really think about it. Well, prior to last, prior to the top of the year when savings were at 30%, people were saving 30% of their money. It dropped to 14.3% now currently, um, but it, last year it was like 7.8% for like a good four or five years. People don't save money. You just don't. Um, and I think that, that's, that's, a, that's a big deal, but I think saving money doesn't make sense if you don't invest it because what are you saving it for if it doesn't earn you any interest? So you gotta learn what to do with the money. The other thing he spoke on was tips, following tips. Never take a tip, never take a tip. There's no such thing as a hot tip. You know, who do you get the hot tip from? A guy who doesn't have enough money to buy the hot tip? Where did he get it from, right? There's no hot tips. Shiny pennies is what I call it, okay? Because that's the quickest way. For instance, I can give you a, I can give you a ton of them. But everybody remembers when they was playing the video, the video game, the, the stock game, and Kodak was like the thing. And Kodak went through the roof. Nikola went through the roof. And then what happened to Nikola and Kodak? Woo, boom. Or Chesapeake Oil. Woo, boom, right? So it's the same thing. Don't chase shiny pennies. It, it looks good, but then you're forced to know what timing is. But here's the problem. That stock goes up more than you expect it. It's almost like you got something you didn't deserve. And trust me, you did. Because guess what? It's going up 50 points. You and your mind think it's going to go up another 50 the next day. It's going to drop 60 points the next day. Right? So now you're going to lose everything and then some. So, And you're not going to know when to sell it because you don't have that thought process that says cut your loss. What process you have is let's hold it until it comes back. So now your money is dead. Now it's really dead and has no shot in hell of coming back because Kodak is a film company, not a, not a generic drug company. All right. Didn't make any sense. So that was another thing. Um, start early. Start with a plan. Start early. Start with a plan. This is relative to age. So start now. Right. Or start early when you're young. But start. Start with a plan. Don't try to go it alone. Don't read like a couple of articles on the, on the post in, in Investment Dojo and think, okay, that stock looks good. I'm going to go buy it. You don't have enough information. 
And one of the key things is you have to learn it before you can earn it. <laughs> learn to earn, right? You got to be able to learn it before you can earn it, which means if you don't know what you're doing, then what you're going to do is, is you're going to take a big fortune and turn it into a small fortune. Got it? So you don't want to do that. Um, Cause that's what he said, never invest ignorantly or blindly. Right. Um, and never confuse the price with the story. How many times have you heard me say that? It's not about the price. It's always about the company. My guys know that to be true. That is what gets them through. Trust me. That's what gets them through everything. Because if you're worried about the price, you're thinking about how much you're losing. You worry about the company. The company ain't going nowhere. The market is doing what it's doing. It's a different ballgame. So let's go to, I got a couple of things on Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was like, um, I read it twice and then kept listening to different things. And it's, it's such a mind shift to get you going. And it also makes you just go back to saying, wow, you're right. You know, he had the pleasure of having two parents. He had two parents. One was, he was an educated parent, but he was working with his hands. The other one was a rich dad who was working with his money. It's a different mentality. One's well off, the other one's middle class, right? But there were different lessons that you were learning. So who was taught to save money? Raise your hands. Everybody should raise their hands because most people wasn't taught to invest money, right? So when you look at that from that standpoint, that was the deal. So before I get into it, because I got a whole bunch of points that I'm going to filter in in between the points here. Um, who wants to be the first one to offer up what their takeaway was and the points that made sense to them? I know. I see you, James. Come on. Come on. You can start. Our attitude to money is informed by our background. Say it again, Sharon. That, that was my takeaway. What was it? Our attitude, our attitude towards money is informed by our background. Well, you know, it's so funny that you said that. That's what the four agreements to me is going to do for you. Because it's going to say, okay, wait a minute. If your parents or whomever raised you gave you a certain amount of thought processes, what processes did you have a chance to develop on your own? And if you bought into those thought processes, could they be the ones that got you in your physical, financial, and mental space now? And how do you know they were right? You don't know to be uncomfortable because that's all you know. It's like I used to go to clients' homes and it was a pigsty, right? I didn't care too much about that because I wasn't there to insure their house. I was there to insure them. But something in my mind always on the drive home was, did they not know they was living in a pigsty? But once you get used to living in it, it's different. It's like I tell people, people, you should know you're living in it. What's The pigs got an excuse, but you don't have one. <laughs> you right james go ahead brother james buller all right so i love this book this book like just another one that got me so excited about it just because the way he looks at things and it was great because we all learned the other way like his you know his poor daddy taught him 
You know, but the, the six lessons, man, the first one, the rich don't work for money. That's right. Their money works for them. That's, I mean, that's got to be the greatest line ever. And, and it makes so much sense. Instead of you working for that dollar, put your money to work. You know, you say it all the time. Uh, two, financial literacy. Learn about what you want. Learn about what you need. Learn about the money. You know, you can never be too smart. What did you he never say? know it all. What did he say about assets? Well, I'm going to get to that. Uh, I'm going to get to it. Okay. He said, mind your own business. What he meant by that is not get out of other people's business, but worry about the things you need. Handle your business. You know, uh, and that gets the assets. Build an asset column. You want to purchase assets. And if you want the luxuries, you got to purchase an asset that's going to create the money to buy that uh, luxury, you know, and use it. And you shouldn't be spending your money on assets. You need to make your money, make money to make, to get what you want. You know, if you want something, you got to be able to have something that can buy that for you, not just go out and buy what you want. So, you know, that's part of that financial literacy, man. It was so awesome that the way he looked at those things and the way the guy taught him, you know, making them work for the 10 cents, you know, oh, every day, I mean, every weekend for an hour or whatever. And he got mad about it. Oh, yeah, you know, I quit. Well, my dad told me you were going to quit. Now we got to go talk to him. That was awesome. Like, he had planned out. He worked him into it just the way he wanted it to do. Uh, what you guy said, the rich invent money. I thought that was a great line. Like, how do you invent money? And he went and explained it because you got assets that are building money for you. And when you need something, you pay yourself first. And then you find a way to get more money. And it makes you stronger in that way. It makes you work for it. I thought the greatest line in the whole book was he said, there's a difference between being poor and being broke. Broke is a time frame. It's temporary. Poor is eternal. You know, don't be scared to go broke. Don't be scared to throw all your cards on the table and make it happen. Because you can come back from being broke. But if you never throw your cards on the table, you're going to be poor the rest of your life. Right. I thought that was awesome. Uh, what was the other thing for it? Oh, and he also talked about here. wealth, which I thought was one of the most knowledgeable lines in there, too. He said, wealth is a person's ability to survive so many number of days forward. And that's how wealthy you are. So if you're wealthy enough to survive for one month, you ain't wealthy. If you're wealthy enough to survive for one year, you ain't wealthy. If you're wealthy to survive for 10 years, you ain't wealthy. Can you do it for the rest of your life? And can you provide that to your family for the rest of their life? That's well. So I thought that was some really good things about that. He went on to a bunch of other things that really got me kicking as well. I love the way he was taught. And I think that's the best way to learn is through experience. You got to fall down. You got to pick yourself up and you got to know that, you know what? I can get back up. And that's why you can go broke because you know, you can get right back up on your feet and make it happen. I always say to people, you know, once you found your way, you know, your way back. Like, it doesn't matter whether you made 100 grand, 200 grand, or a million. If you had it before, you can get back there. It's just a matter about, it's just your journey, your trajectory, your coordinates, and your tenacity. If you have that physical capital, that work ethic, you'll get anywhere you want to go. You know, because um, like I said earlier, it's just something unnatural about being in play for the rest of your life. That's just got to be unnatural to you if you look at it, like what rest of your life has. Right. So you got to figure it out why you left. Right. And it's like he was saying, don't live in fear of being fired. 
It's like a lot of people are living in fear of being fired. It's like, why are you living in fear of losing a job? Because you gave them control. That's why. See, if you're an employee, they have control, he spoke of. If you're a person who controls money, you have control. Which control you want? It's just power, right? So which power do you want, right? And, and, and like, like uh, James has said about the asset column, you know, use your assets to buy luxuries. You know, like one of the other books we're going to read, not this month coming, next month, once we get a little bit more underneath our cap, then I'll start putting tax stuff and different stuff in there so we can get around once we got the business mindset, once we got the thing to generate the assets, how do we use that money and keep that money? <laughs> how do we keep a lot of it? And legally, you understand? Um, and I think that was important too. Um, anyone else have something to offer before I go for it? Rich dad, poor dad. Um, I think that it um, probably hurts some people. It, you know, like when you read it and it's like, what, my house isn't an asset? But it really makes you, it really, it causes you to shift what things are really valuable or what, you know, what are true assets and um, make you, makes you reevaluate where you, where you invest all of your assets. You're right. You know, it's so funny. I had a conversation. I posted this on my page. Some of you might remember. I said, um, would you buy a new car or would you buy a used car? Right. And I had, I must've had over 200 comments or more on that post. And everybody was saying, you know, not everybody, but some people said used, some people said new. And I was like, I'd never buy a new car ever entirely again. And it wasn't so much about the car, it was about the use of your money. Think about it. We all know when we drive a car off a lot, what happens to that car? It depreciates. Right, by how much? A lot. <laughs> Listen, a good 20%, right? So when you think about it, in three years, you're gonna lose two thirds of the value of that car. Two thirds. So why don't you buy a three year old, two year old car at cost used and let somebody else deal with Take the depreciation. The yeah. Let somebody else deal with that. And guess what? Because you're not going to keep the car for more than three years, because if you buy it with a guaranteed warranty, like, you know, the uh, the dealer uh, warranty, like I bought the Mercedes, I got the, the Mercedes warranty, whatever. Right. When that thing runs out, the car goes goes away. So I'm only going to keep it for a few years anyway. Why should I pay full price? It doesn't make sense, right? So the building the assets, you know, he talked about the cash flow quadrant. Um, and, and I think what we're all doing right now, well, we're not all doing it anymore, but a lot of us are still working for money. And the whole purpose of this book club and just the page is to teach you how to do more than do that. Have a life. What sense is it if you have to ask someone permission to enjoy your free time, it's called a vacation, right? You have to ask someone permission to take a vacation because they stressed you out <laughs> and you spend half of the vacation going, wow, I don't want to get back there. 
Oh gosh. And then on the last day, you're like, ah, oh, I gotta go back to where did you you need a vacation from the vacation and you need a mental vacation because then once you go back to work, you're done again. Right? So I posted on a page today, play it safe and live a poor life. You seen that today? Play it safe and leave live a poor life. How many people are adverse to taking risk? Everybody on his call is, is willing to take a risk. Go ahead, Regina Hall. Come on. I see your mouth moving, but I can't hear you. Okay. Um, some level. Um, what level is that? I'm a risk taker, but not a risk. So. Well, then I would say to five, you. Five, six. When you say five, six, as far as your rating on taking a risk? No, I think, yeah, risk tolerance, five or six. Okay, so I think we should take risks, but I think they should be, I think it's an 80-20 move. Calculated. It's calculated, but I think it's an 80-20 move. The risk should be, okay. be equated to how much you really want to get out of your space, sure. right? So that's, I mean, and if you think about it, like, okay, I posted something on the page last, a couple of days ago, and I had said, I'm the person who, burns the bridge. So if you got a plan B, you had the wrong plan A, right? Someone said, well, plan Bs are critical. I said, many people are not built like me. If I think I got a plan B, then I'm not going to work so hard to make my plan A work. You know, it's like the, the uh, I forgot whether it's a Spanish admiral that burned all the boats and forced his troops to fight. You have no choice. You either fight or die. Well, if you know you got to fight or die, how bad do you want to live? Right? So if you keep lurking with a risk tolerance of five to six, what you're saying is that my pain threshold is not so bad. I can handle it here. Right? But if you work with a, with a, 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 a I need to get it done 1,000 on 10, guess what? 90% of it will get done. It'll get done. And you can decide where you want to be at that point, because if all you did was work for to own a home and to get a car and to be able to afford your bills, what part of life is that comfortable? Right. So think about it. I know it's like when I posted my return from Friday on the group page the other day, everybody was like, wow, woo wee. well, that's on the way. That's like what happened on the way to the goal. That wasn't the goal. My goal is so extreme, it's ridiculous. So that's what crushing it does. It makes you think so big that it makes you force to land on the moon if you aim for the star, right? This is what this is about. Stretching, get out of your comfort zone. And then you got to change your circle. Why? Because if this is how you think now. Your people think that way too. Oh, you're going to do that? That doesn't make sense. You're too old to be doing that. Why are you taking that risk? Oh, man, I wouldn't do that. And you got all of these butterflies that ain't bringing no butter and no guns to the table. Right? They don't understand the differences between investment and what money is for. See, money's for Prada bag, red bottoms, car, Mercedes, whatever that is, right? That makes them physically happy for two seconds. How many people have bought a new car 
and was the, it was the thing to them, the cat's meow. And about three weeks later, it was like, eh, it was okay. Did that happen to anyone? Mm-hmm. So the things is, be careful what you invest your, your mind in and your money in. Be careful. Because what you're seeing all the time when it comes to TV is all the things that they want you to buy. All the things they want you to give them and make them wealthy. So if you start thinking in terms of wealth building, you'll be like, well, wait a minute. Why am I paying to put your kids in private schools? Why am I paying to put your house in the Hamptons? How about I invest if I choose to have a house in the Hamptons or in Sands Point, Long Island, one of the richest areas in the country, then you know what? I can do it, not necessarily because I can, but guess what having money does? It gives you a choice, <laughs> right? It's just a choice. And, and then you start to separate your ego from money, just like you separate in the market your emotion from money. Because money don't make you better. It never did. Whoever sold that package, that remedy, sold them a bag of goods. It's like the commercial when you hear, this will cure your diabetes, but it'll kill your kidneys, it'll kill your heart. And if you hear, <laughs> if your heart is a regular, you know, it's that's the whole reality. All right, so another thing. Um, there's a book I'm going to be mentioning, but there was a book by uh, Garrett Sutton that he mentioned in Rich Dad Poor Dad about uh, Start Your Own Corporation. I'm going to be reading that too. So, but, because you got to know how to protect your money. You got to know what to do. If you don't, then you're just going to give it away. And he was stating that the four quadrants, business, self-employed, investor, employee. Right. So the employee and a self-employed person pay the most of the taxes. The business and the investor, passive investor, pays the least in taxes. So if you understand the big hoopla with tax cuts and Biden in the race and the whole nine, oh, the corporate tax rate is 20 percent. So all the money I take to my corporation no matter what happens, after I take my deductions, I'm going to pay 20% on the profit, right? After all my deductions on that revenue, right? Well, in my real life, my ordinary income is where I'm getting slammed. I'm 39%. I'm 40%. And that's my self-employed income. If I'm an employee, I'm losing a lot of my income, a lot of it to FICA and the rest of those guys, you know, the alphabet boys. They're taking everything. So... When you look at it, you have to know how to play the game, but you got to be able to create a viable corporation. You just can't say, I'm going to get an LLC because it sounds good and then don't have nothing happening. You don't have a business. You just got an LLC. That's how you get audited and get your face ringed, right? So you got to learn what you're doing there. Um, money's going to allow you to be, to have a choice. And one of the things I liked, I'm sure James would probably agree with me, is the chicken little thing. He says, are you a chicken little? You know, um, are you chicken to take, are you, are you scared to take the risk? You know, um, the other thing I mentioned earlier was choose your friends wisely. That's wildly important. Um, pay yourself first. And something that was near and dear to my heart, be generous with those who are helping you make money. 
Why would you ever be cheap with a person that's making you money that you've never made before? They're only going to find someone that's going to be generous. Why? Because they, you're paying them to do a service. If they're really good at it, those are the people you keep in your service. That was the thing that Elon Musk did. You know, I'm not going to spill the beans on that because I want you to, that's part of our, our reading. But what he did was he just hired smart people, right? Other thing he said was master the formula, then learn a new one. Master the formula and then learn a new one. And it's like uh, being Indian giver was another thing. What Warren Buffett did in 2008 was he negotiated preferred stock to give to lend money to uh, Bank of America. And he got that stock underneath the market, like maybe I think 10 points. And so he also got 10 percent on that preferred stock. So he was not only making money on the loan, but he was making money on a preferred stock. And that's Warren Buffett. But when you got it like that and you understand the marketplace, it just makes sense. So he's giving you the money with the intention to get double back. He's so smart. And he sold that stock with, I think it was a seven or $8 billion profit, put 7 billion in, made $8 billion. In 2017, he sold it. So when you look at what smart people are doing with their money, all you got to do is we're going to read and we're going to learn, capture all of what they're doing. He also said, choose heroes, choose some heroes, choose some mentors, choose some people that you can follow, that you can buy into, that you can capture some of their secret sauce and that's willing to keep sharing it with you because they want you to have that secret sauce too. You understand, do that. And then one of the last and most powerful things that he said was give and give selflessly. Give and give selflessly, right? When, when I'm, I hate to say me, I think I don't invest in people to get anything back. I, I, if I do get anything back, it's really the satisfaction of seeing them win. I'm excited to see them win, but I'm gonna go to Rich, Mr. Rich, Richie Broussard. Yo. When you saw that stock go up 108, 70 something points, how did you feel, bro? Bro, I mean, ah, ah. Yeah, it was validating, honestly. Like, like, it was great. I was excited, I was pumped, I was, because you have everything that we played for, right? But like yeah, all of the all the human nature aspects that we talk about as we go through this stuff is oh, I'm in the red, I'm down one percent, I'm down five percent, I'm down this in my entire account. Um, and then to have a conversation with you, and then it'd be like two weeks later, and then I'm up whatever, you know, because of the way this market moves and understanding we're in good companies and not being upset, but I was unwavering in the process. So it, just, it was, it was valid. It was just validating. It was validating. And that's huge when you're dealing with the unknown, because mm-hmm. this is a still unknown. I'm still a, a novice at this. So but you know, it's like, it's almost, I've always been good at psychology, but the good part of it 
because I understand the psychology of what people are seeing because I'm seeing it. So I understood how to affect my psychology in the beginning. So, you know, but the point I'm reaching is that it felt good to see you guys follow direction and for you guys. I don't care how much money I make because I come from a thought process. I'm going to get it how I live. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. You understand what I'm saying? It don't matter. I don't like, you know, you don't, I don't, you, you don't need me to make money if you know what to do. And that's my thought process. Right. But it's great when we need each other to make money and we all get it. Does that make sense? It just becomes a symbiotic relationship that says, wow. And then the other thing too, is you hit the, you get to play by play all the time. Whether you, we don't have to talk all the time. I post it. Right. And since I'm posting it, you're getting a chance to live through it. And that's what that, that mentorship and taking that, that baton up is about. When you got a real mentor, they really want to see you win. And if they know that there's something wrong in your diagram, they're going to make sure they come to you and have a real conversation because they ain't afraid to get on your nerves. They want you to win. Does that make sense? So it becomes that type of... Um, that type of passion for what this is. So the whole key behind these books that we're reading, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that right there should shake your mainframe. If you didn't read that book, read it twice. Because trust me, you're going to miss some things. Read it twice, right? Take notes and, and pull out some mantras for your own life in that book financially. Read it, pull it out. Crushing it, figure out what you are great at that you and only you, the original article, that genuine document is great at and figure out what you can do to crush it, right? And then when it comes to this stock market, this is my favorite thing. I love to do this, right? So here's the problem. I think one of the biggest problems for people is that they're not consistent in the stock market. They may win, but they don't win a lot. And when they lose, they probably lose more than they win because they don't have a strategy. Does that make sense? So we got people who, you know, they've been in the market, they've been investing, but they don't win. But they proud, proud to say they're an investor. I would never be proud to say I'm a loser. I got the win. And so winning means I had to do the same thing with everything I became good at. What do you think I had to do? The number one thing that made me good at something, what do you think that was? Take a guess. Analyzing. Nope. What do you think, Rich? Taking action. Nope. Being, Being consistent. Nope. That's part of it. That's why I looked in the air. Practice. Nope. Hmm. This is gonna be simple. Practice? No. Reading. Not nope. giving up. Not giving up. Nope. They're all good. It's all part of the DNA. Throw it in the pie. No. Come on, we're gonna get this one. We're almost done. Let's bring it home. Okay, I'll 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 ask the question this way. What do you think? Mm, I don't give it away. It's the number one thing that I wasn't hmm, afraid to do. Fail. 
Who said it? Fail. Who said fail? Who said fail? Ah, bang, bang, bing, 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 bang. Never afraid to fail. Mm. I handle it like I handle everything in my life. Those hands go up, we got to fight. Mm. You put those hands up, you shouldn't have put them up. We're going to fight. No, we're going to fight. Let's put them, let's fight. Let's fight. And then we can put our hands down later. Let's fight. Need to get that over with. Because now I got to teach you respect. You shouldn't lift your hands up to a grown man with kids. And that's how I look at my, my problems. That's right, Rich. I look at my problems that way. I look at, I got to fight to get over it. Right? Because really all I'm doing is fighting myself. You understand? If I got a problem, like... I don't bring it to everybody. And you know how you have certain people, they'll say, oh my God, my problems are the worst. Everything's happening to me and always woe is me. And oh my God, like life is gonna end tomorrow. You just wanna leave them on the fastest thing going, right? I'd rather work through that problem as if it is a puzzle. Once I figure that puzzle out, it's over. So let's get to the market and, and compare it. You know, when I lost money in poker, I had to have to become very good at it. Why? Because I had to learn what? What was the first thing I had to learn? What not to do. Does that make sense? Once I learned, what's the best teacher? If you lose two, three, four thousand dollars in the instant, you gonna learn? Mm -hmm. If you do that over a six to seven month period of time, are you gonna learn? Well, no, you're crazy if it happened that long because you should have learned after the first four or five, <laughs> right? Regardless of what the loss was. But the point I'm reaching is when you know, when you first start learning how to play poker, people get it in your mind that Ace King is the best thing smoking besides pocket aces. And they go all in with Ace Kings. But guess who can beat an Ace King? Any pair. Deuces can beat an Ace King, okay? So when you understand that, you don't go all in with Ace King unless you are dominant in cast position and you just trying to scare them off a little bit and there's something to do it with. But why would you do that if there's no money in the pot? So let's go to stocks. When you think about it, I had to lose a lot of money in stocks in order for me to understand strategy. Then I realized there were tenants to the game that I needed to install. What were those tenants? I had to learn fundamental analysis real fundamental analysis, not the stuff you read in a book. <laughs> it's the stuff that is applicable to what's happening in real time. I had to learn technical analysis, the stuff that not just what this chart says and what that chart does, but what does the algorithmic move in the market or the algorithms in the market work off of? What do they work off? So when these things happen, these things happen, I need to know what is one plus one does it really equal two or is it five divided by three? I needed to know what that was. And the only way you get that is through years of experience because you wouldn't know what you're looking at, right? I had to learn all of that. I then had to learn, you know what? If I got a basketball team, how important is that coach? Important, yeah. Extremely, right? They're the ones that steer in the ship. So. But they can't just be important to me when they're winning. They got to be important to me when they're losing or the market is losing. Here's what I mean. If a coach is a good coach or a great coach, I'm going to find out how great that coach is 
when the stock market is not performing. You understand? So I'm not going to panic when I got a good coach, when the market's down. Now, if the company is down, it's a different ball game. I mean, it's not performing. It's a different ball game. You understand? So it's, these are all the little things. And it's, a, it's about a thousand of them. And then a thousand, I still got to learn that I've, I've paid attention to. And that's what enabled me to be super accurate whenever I call a target on a stock. That was the thing that said, okay, here's the strategy. You make more money owning companies as opposed to owning a stock price. But attached to that was all of the stickiness, the glue. So all the things that my 2.0 group sees me post in the chat to give them a way to think about what they're seeing. And if I have to ask anyone in this 2.0 group, let me ask. Sheikah, Richard, Evelyn, James, Sharon, are we accurate? Are we on point? A hundred percent. Because that's the way it works. To the T. That's the way it works. And when you and when you learn that following it means getting comfortable in the system, that's what it is. So what we're doing with these books, it's going to be amazing how much information. I don't know if it excites you. But it really excites me to know that I'm going to read 200 to 260 books this year with a crew of people that's going to be able to get something out of it. And I'm going to be able to melt in and melt out. That means I'm going to, be able to get something from your thought process and you'll be able to get something from my thought process. And then by the time this year is over, I challenge every single one of you guys to do something with it. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, James, you got that page and you want to help want to know some strategies on how I built my group up, I got you. That's super easy, right? And you get information, bring it back. I get information, I give it back. You know, it's the same scenario. And all it cost each other was time. <laughs> it was time. You understand? So if anyone has something to offer, offer, um, because I'm about to shut it down. But I appreciate it. I'm going to tell ahead. my students that my... Uh... My coach wants us to read uh, over 200 books inspired my ELA kids. I have middle school. <laughs> they think it's bad when I have them read. Um, I have them read about uh, two books a month, you know. Good. So I can't wait to tell them that. They're going to be like, oh, Miss Hightower. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. That's ex I love books, so that's exciting. It's inspirational. It yeah, is. It's I'm excited about it. I'm trying to figure out what I'm a gleaming glom. I can't wait to get to those other books. Those books that just, by, by, let's put it this way. If in six months you haven't felt the shift, you haven't been reading. Does that make sense? I, I give it six months. I give you six months to be like, okay, how do I do this? And if you ask the question and it's a physical asset you need, people, direction, whatever, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And I'll, I'll end it with this thought process. I'm in the middle of building something now, right? And I, I realized that I have more assets than I thought I had because I was never a person that wanted to need anything from anybody. But then when I look back into my history, I know a ton of people in the industry, the music industry, and just entertainment, like a ton of them, right? And, and they're pretty sizable people. But I've never asked anything for anybody. Never. I just, because they know me. I just, that type of stuff. But none of them are aware 
of what I'm doing because I don't tell them anything either, right? I do what I need to do and I go promoting what I promote, it should be huge because they do, the, the one thing about them and they always saw this is that they always saw me go away for a few years and pop up, boop. And when I was popping up, I was always bigger to them, I guess, right? This is humongous and I know what it is. So my point is, you're gonna learn what your assets are and they're, and they're right around you. You don't know who you know until it's, you're around the right people. You understand that? You really don't know. You got a lot of assets and it's that six degrees of separation. So don't feel like you're in it alone while you're trying to build what you're building because information is free, all right? And that's just what this whole thing is and someone can help you. So I appreciate your time tonight. This is, it was awesome. This is the first time we did it. Um, I think this was really, really awesome. For you guys who uh, showed up a little bit after the fact, I will, I don't know, you think I should put this on the page? Okay, I got to put yeah. it on the page. It was voted in. One person puts the vote. That's a 100% vote. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put it on the page so everybody can, can see it and watch it. We're doing this again on, tell you right now, but I'm going to let everybody know in the group anyway. Um, but I just want to see the date for myself. The second Wednesday is the 9th of December. So you can put that on your calendar. That's when we have to finish all five books. And whatever book we feel like is the book that we really, 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 that really got us going, that's the book we're going to read. It's 29 hours. It's an hour and a half a day. You can do that. Find it. Take it away from the reality TV, Evelyn. <laughs> I'm messing with you. All right, guys. You guys have a great night. It's been awesome.